Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we sit down with Kay Michelle. Lewis Carr is the founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, the Waymaker Men's Summit, president of media sales at BET Networks, and author of Dirty Little Secrets. Kay Michelle is an American singer and television personality best known for her top of the Billboard albums and her role on BH1's Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. In this episode, we'll discuss her shift to country music and her advice to women pursuing their dreams. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Lewis Carr, founder of Waymaker. And today on the Waymaker Fireside Chat, we are privileged to have R&B artist Kay Michelle who is becoming a country artist all at the same time. Welcome, Kay. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. So glad to have you. Appreciate you. you sharing your story and your journey with our audience. Thank so, you for having me. So, Kay Michelle, you're going through a lot of changes right now, all right? Your yeah. music, everything. Tell us about going from an R&B artist to a country artist. Now, I've heard of going from a gospel artist <laughs> to an R&B artist. I don't know too many who went from R&B to country. Tell us about that. Okay. It's, it's not a transition for me. Um, I got a scholarship to Florida A&M for Yodeling. That's how I paid for college. Um, I was Miss Florida A&M University. And um, country is how I started off singing. And um, they kept telling me because of my background from Memphis, Tennessee, I was a little rough around the edges. You know, they kept telling me I couldn't sing country. So they told me the safest way and the easiest way was for me to sing R&B and then do country. Um, my fans, they've been with me forever. They know like all my albums have country on it. And then when I came out, they'd be like, oh, she sounds like a country artist. Um, so I feel like for so many years, I am four number one R&B albums in on Billboard. Um, I feel like they kept on, the labels kept telling me, they kept telling me, you can do a country album, you can do a country album. I would always turn it in. And then they would say, give us one more urban album. And then they would say, it wasn't urban enough. So um, I dealt with that. I walked away from my record label, still selling. We had a three hour meeting and fight. And I said, no more. There is no more. I'm going to be who I am. And I just remember watching Steve Harvey say, if you was to die today, what you have done, what you were supposed to be here doing. So um, I think it's kind of, you know, different, maybe new for people who haven't been with me all of these years. But everyone who knows me, you know, they know how I started off. The first, the first tape I ever got was the Judd's. And um, I just was blessed, um, you know, rest in peace to Miss uh, Naomi Judd. Those are the people that, that group, the Judds are the reason I sing, are the reason I wear my hair red, everything. And um, I was just able and honored to be on Naomi Judd's tribute album that's about to come out from their biggest song called Love Can Build a Bridge. And to sing that song, and that's about to be released. So country is who I am. It's in me. Um, I think R&B was more of a, I, you know, I love my R&B music because I'm great at it. But I also feel that um, 
That was something they told me as an African-American woman that I was supposed to be doing. They didn't care about who I was. Well, you know, I, I got to go back to yodeling. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about yodeling, all right? How, how did you start yodeling, all right? Yeah, my voice teacher was Bob Westbrook. Um, he trained Britney Spears. He trained a lot of the Miss Americas. So my mom um, was in running to be like Miss America. She had done those pageants and things. So she would take me to him and I had this big voice. And he said, I know her favorite, I know her favorite artist in the world is Whitney Houston with this big voice. And I wanna expand her to see other things. So he also trained Justin Timberlake. So I, um, he said, she should yodel. And my mama said, yodel? Like, what do you mean, yodeling? Girl, what is yodeling? And he said, my voice is strong enough to yodel, and that's a technique. And we should teach you how to yodel. So I was a little girl, and they was teaching me how to yodel. And no one ever thought that, like, from singing country, and then I saw the judge on Oprah, and just all of that, no one ever thought that I would pay for college to an HBCU. One of the biggest, I got a scholarship for yodeling to Florida A&M University. So do you know of any other African-American who's got a scholarship <laughs> for yodeling? No, I'm the first and only. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yes. So, okay, Michelle, your journey has been one of courage and, and, and change. Talk to the women out there who are struggling with you know, how do I change? How do I do things that I'm not that comfortable with? Mm -hmm. You know, talk to those women and encourage them on how you found your voice and your strength to do a lot of different things. I, being honest, I found my voice and my strength through people telling me that everything I was was wrong. I'm well, always wrong. Still to this day, I'm always wrong in who I am. And what it is, I'm wrong to them. At some point, you got to understand, God didn't make mistakes. If you are you away, you're away for a reason. Nothing's wrong with you. And for to see so many African-American women, like, you know, I went through the issues with my body and things like that. I had 13 surgeries in one year in order to live because of surgeries and blood shots and things that I was told and thought that I needed in order to be in this business. So I would tell women, all women, but I would especially say to my African-American women, it's never going to be right till you do it. Then when you do it, they're going to steal it from you. When you do it, they're going to steal it from you, act like they never saw it. So the best thing that you can do is do what you know in your heart and be who you are, because to everybody, you're never going to be right. So, so how did you find this, this courage to be so transparent, uh, whether it's about your body or whether it's about yodeling? How, how did you find that courage to just like, I am who I am. Uh, I can change when I want to change. It sounds like you're really taking control of your life. I would say it would have to be my parents. My daddy is a Black history professor. He's more famous than me in my city. He's a, you know, he's a, yes, he's a professor. 
he's always taught me. He's always said, let her be, let her go. He said, that's the son I never had. You know, let her go, let her be. Uh, it took a lot of time. You know, I had great people around me telling me nothing was wrong with me, but I did not believe it. And as much as I try to help women, my life and everything has been based off of healing, you know, from heartbreak and things like that. Until you really, I'm sorry to say it, this might not want to be the advice that people want people to give, but I'm getting real advice. Until you go through that hurt and see it yourself, we, we hard-headed as, hum as humans. Until you go through it, live through it, and feel that pain, and feel that burn, and feel that sting, um, that's really that that that's really nothing that I can say other than look at my story. You see the ups and downs. I'm very transparent because I want to go to sleep at night. I want to go to sleep, and I ain't gonna be able to go to sleep off the compliments or this and that, I have to go to sleep off the truth. So transparency has been my only way to be with myself and sit in my life. That's the only way I can live in transparency and my truth. So, so you mentioned the 13 surgeries uh, on your body. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide, number one, you had to do it? And then number two, why did you decide you had to reverse it? Well, you know, I saw a lot of things. I really thought when I first got in the industry, um, I wanted my teeth done. I felt like it looked like I was chewing rocks. I wanted my teeth done. <laughs> I wanted my boobs done, all of this. And I thought that if I could sing and had great music, I thought all of that was the recipe to win. <laughs> when I found out most hit records, y'all don't even hear. And the body adjustments, they, they don't do anything for your soul. <laughs> they don't do nothing for you and how you live. Then I started to actually get sick. I started to have migraines to the point where I went to doctors. They told me I had lupus. So I went around, me and my parents, for weeks thinking I had lupus. And I think that was the scariest thing for them to say, what is this in your body? And to start to see things like the illegal bus shots and injections and to be like, wow. And to know so many women who are just running to do it. I said, what type of woman, how you gonna call yourself real? What type of woman you gonna be? God gave you a pedestal, like not a pedestal, but a, a they put you on this platform to talk to people. You gonna show them the good and not the bad. I've never been her. When I'm down, you gonna know it. When I'm up, you gonna know it. So after that scare, I just started to, I didn't know what I was doing. I just started to say, don't do this to yourself. I never knew what it was going to take on. I didn't know so many people and women and, you know, men and everybody, trans, everybody. I didn't know that so many people were struggling in body image, that they were making these adjustments that were killing them. So it was natural for me. I never thought twice about it or anything. I just always tell people the truth you know, as to what I'm going through so they can know it's not all cool. And, and what has been your fans' response mm -hmm. to your transparency? How have they responded? You know, it's crazy. It's like people like to see you sick, hurt, and down, especially on social media. But then you have people who likes you change. I can honestly say when I leave this earth, 
I save people's lives. And that for me, it don't, it don't appease me every day. I still cry and go through things every day. But then sometimes I look in the mirror and be like, you know, God got you here. You, you, you really have kept some people alive and helped some people. And I think I'm just human. I, I, I think I'd be like, why me? Why would I do that to myself? I, I say, why me? Just like everybody else. And then I'd be like, well, toughen up. You did it. It's time to, it's time to get up. It's time to get up and make sure don't nobody else do that. So that's just part of my story. And that's just part of my life. So, so Kate, we believe here at Waymaker that every successful person has had Waymakers. Someone that came into your life and said, uh, this person has potential. I'm going to help this person. I don't want nothing in return. Uh, have you had Waymakers? Yes. <laughs> Tell us about some of them. Sherry Bryant, the president of Rock Nation, is a Waymaker for me. An African-American woman. Um, I remember going to labels and everybody wanted a black Britney Spears and I was just too rough around the edges, too country, too this, that. And I remember putting out a mixtape from a ratchet reality show and the mixtape blew up so much. I made my first million dollars from that mixtape. And I remember a woman coming to see me and I hated the music industry. And that woman sat in my face and said, I see you, I understand this. Let's work together and get this done. And Miss Sherry Bryant, to this day, is a legend in the music business. Should be interviewed, should never be overlooked. We don't talk every day. We haven't talked in two, three years, but her impact in my life and to see her fight for artists and leave a label. Um, when she left that label, it's like I left that label. And um, she just believed in me. And she fights for Black music. So Sherry Bryant deserves her flowers. And she deserves everything good and music that is happening for her. And that is a way maker. Wow. Thank you. Never heard of her. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for her. Uh -huh. maybe, maybe we interview her. She's you should. Yes, she's running all the music in the most humble, like amazing person. So when you look forward now, so uh, you're going to lean into country music uh -huh. and uh, tell us about what's your dream for that. Is, is it, you know, just the uh, CMAs or what is your real dream for country music in your life? To be left alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my real dream. I said this. My me and my people. My people, because, and it's how maybe I presented myself and things like that, but it needed to be. You know, God don't always put his message into the perfect person or someone you assume. He gave me my message and my outer and who I am. But one thing I said, I wasn't going to keep fighting my people to sing something that's always been done. If I was going to fight, it was going to be to make a change. And if it was going to fight, I was going to fight for what was in my soul and how I was born and how I was brought up. This ain't no gimmick for me. Like I paid for college through Yola and it's who I am. So in country music, I'm going home. I feel like I get to go home. It's time to go home. At this age and this point in my life, 
it's time for me to go home. And there's people, there are little girls who, who, who they walk up to me, I'm saying, my mama, you help my mama get through this and that. There are people that look at me and them, them girls, them boys, them girls, them boys, and everybody, they have looked at me, guess what? Country music was our music. And it is crazy to me that it is so random and absurd. That's what I listened to when I grew up. And now I'm a grown up and it is time for me to go. I am born and raised Tennessee girl all the way. It is time for me to just be who I am, you know, living off the grid, like, you know, currently trying to get my farm together, everything I want to do so that I can pass it to my child. And so that, you know, we have our own way of living, way of everything. So country music to me is a return. And it's a it's something they took for me and kept telling me because of how I look that I couldn't be who I was. It's a return to myself. So it doesn't matter if you sell two, this and that. Um, I've got a record. Dolly Parton gave me a record um, that she wrote. That's on my country album coming out. I work with the best from Billy Ray Cyrus to my role model in country, Leanne Womack. And now I'm doing the Just album. The CMAs is a CMA Fest is amazing for them to be room for me. I'm not performing once this June. I'm performing twice. And Nashville is a way for me to breathe. It is a way for me to say any fight, a finger I'm lifting to fight. It's going to move my people forward. And that's what I'm doing. So think back, Kate, to when you were 18, 19 years old. And what you know now, what is it that wish you had, you had known at 18 and 19 years old? It's okay. It's going to be okay. It's, it, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. Never let people make you live in your mistakes. Wow. 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 That's a big one. That's a big one. Well, it has been amazing talking to you. Uh, we appreciate you sharing your journey. And uh, you know what? I I'm going to ask you this. All right. Since you went to college. Yes. You, know, man, you went to college. I ain't never heard of a yodeling scholarship. <laughs> Can you yodel for us before we get off of this Zoom? You know what? Every place I went up asked me yodel, but guess what I've saved it for? What? My album. Okay. In four years, and everybody be like, yodel, yodel, yodel. And I'm like, nah, we're going to do it on my album. That's going to come out. And I'm going to start yodeling. And I just wanted to make it a moment, because I did. I paid for college through yodeling. So I got it for you, friend. I got it covered. Well, well we can't wait to, to hear the album. Uh, I've learned a tremendous amount, all right, uh, <laughs> from your roots in Tennessee to you going back to your roots. Uh, thank you so much for living uh, an authentic life. And I think you are changing lives just by being you. And thank you for doing this. It's needed. It's, it's definitely needed a voice for people to speak and say how they feel. And for women who are doing their things, African-American women, like we need something because it's always overshadowed 
by any negativity. We need something we can say how we feel and who we are. So I thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Lewis Carr and Kay Michelle. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. And don't forget to claim your Waymaker Journal at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.